Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. opposite and for me normal gets normal results the next step is to love your customers more than you love your product what is the perfect experience for your customer start there attention beats marketing 1000 percent of the time you know it's the difference you make in people's life that matters most everything we do is fans first and that's to take care of our customers be patient in what you want for yourself but being patient and how much you give to others. So stand out, be different, have fun, and enjoy the show. Thank you. Welcome back to the O Show podcast presented by FantasyJocks.com with Jack and Declan O'Hara. I'm Jack O'Hara. Today I will have my second guest since starting the podcast back in May. I had a the Philadelphia 76ers TV broadcaster Mark Zumoff on the show a number of weeks ago to talk about his career and his um, mission in life to help young broadcasters grow with his new book, Performance and Career Development. Today I bring on my second guest. Uh, this guest is a bit unorthodox about how he goes about handling his business, however has been tremendously successful. So without further ado... My guest today is the team president and owner of the Gastonia Grizzlies Baseball Club in the Coastal Plain Collegiate League out in North Carolina, and most recently, the new owner of the newly formed summer collegiate baseball team, the Savannah Bananas. He's also the author of the book, Find Your Yellow Tux. Without further ado, my guest today is none other than Jesse Cole. Jack. Jesse Cole. What's going on, man? I mean, I can throw some video mix in here. <laughs> How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? How's good. your day been? Good. Let's see. In the conference room right now. All right. Are you closed? You lock it? Thank you. Awesome. It's awesome. chaos here in the office. You doing well? Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I'm doing great. Good. You in uh, Savannah right now? Always, man. <laughs> yeah, we sold we sold our team in North Carolina, so we're focused just on the bananas now. Oh, okay. So the Grizzlies yeah. are no more? No, you all, they're still going. We just sold them to focus. Savannah's become bigger than we ever expected. So oh, yeah. Focusing that. But, but you're hungry. Are you, you, you a sophomore or junior? Sophomore. All right. I like it. I oh, like yeah. it, man. You're hungry. Oh, yeah. So okay. uh, let's jump right into it. I have a lot of questions just to go over. Just after reading the book, Find Your Yellow Tux, obviously, like, you've inspired everybody to stand out, just not to be like an ordinary uh, person. That's how I've always felt personally. I've always wanted to stand out amongst the rest. And I've always been told like either just like, it's okay to be an ordinary person or like, I don't understand why you want to stand out among the rest. I hear that from like my parents all the time and I've never really quite understand it. My first question was like, what inspired you to stand out among the rest? <laughs> uh, it's kind of been it's my makeup you know I was an only child I, I grew up my parents got divorced when I was eight years old 
and uh, I just wanted to create attention. I wanted to be around people. I wanted to surround myself with others. So, uh, you know, that, that was the first I got 26 detentions in seventh grade. So to give you an idea, all right, I was the outspoken kid. That's who I was, but I, I just wanted to make people laugh and bring them together. So even as a kid, that, that's what fired me up. And as I got into uh, college, I was a pitcher, and I loved being on the mound. I loved being out in front of people. That was just my personality. And, uh, you know, I've kind of gravitated towards that. But not everyone's like that, and that's okay. The key is to find what strengths, you know, what, what do they have about their personality and amplify them. So I'm, I'm intrigued. How do you stand out? Um, basically what I did, I grew up in New Jersey. So total East Coast kid. Everybody did their own thing. Everybody plays baseball, football, whatever. When I left, I came all the way out to Phoenix. Basically changed my whole makeup. Obviously grew out my hair. I used to be that kid with a buzz cut. Everything. Um... Obviously, since I was about, I want to say, seven or eight years old, I, or when I was seven or eight years old, uh, my grandpa took me to my first Yankee game. Okay. And ever since then, I like when I got home from that game, I just was impelled to write about the game. So ever wow. since then, for the past 10, 11, 12 years, I've written a book about every single um, sporting event I've ever been to. I've saved the ticket. I've saved... Uh, the channel the game was on, the dates, everything, and that kind of morphed after I published that book in, into this podcast. So I'm definitely the only sophomore in college here at Grand Canyon University with a podcast. Wow. So, so, yeah, you started early, so it sounds like you're a storyteller. Basically. And, and, and so why, why does that fire you up? Um, I just like having an, a unique background just because there's many people out there that including just kids at my age that just want to fit in somewhere and they feel like neglected if they don't necessarily fit in the right way and do what other people do i'm more about like bringing change like being myself and uh not really i don't want to say not caring what other people think because you know with a podcast you kind of need subscribers to get going but more like Staying true to yourself, and the rest will take care of itself. Not a baby. Well, that's good to hear. And yeah, don't worry about subscribers. Listen, we're all in this thing called the comparison trap. Everyone's <laughs> trying to compare how many likes, how many follows, how many subscribers. Do your thing. It takes time. And it right. sounds like you're patient. You're patient enough to understand that if you're starting a podcast, it may not take off this year, it may not next year, it may not the year after. It may never take off. But you're lear you're learning right. from it every day, and it sounds like you're okay with that. Oh yeah, definitely. Good. Um. So obviously you put like a different touch on how to engage fans. You said in your book how you're more about the entertainment side than the baseball side. Um, and you went on a like different, I forget what the podcast was called, but you were like asked to like design a, a client experience for, um, I want to say like architecture. So my question is kind of like that, just a different topic. How would you go about designing a like customer experience for something like, let's say, a sports bar? That's hey, something I want to get into. You are, you are right. Good. Oh, yeah. So let's have some fun here. All right. So now you're you're a sophomore, so you're not even 21 yet, are you? Not at all. So, so you haven't been to a lot of sports bars in your day, have you? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but if you were, all right. Let's go this way. 
what do you think I call this a mirror moment what are the what's a bad sports bar experience so what we do is everything I look at whatever the industry is to put yourself in the customer's shoes and talk about all the friction points all the things that are bad what frustrates you about the industry what frustrates you about the business in your customer's shoes so to give you an idea that, that's that's how we did it in baseball now I know you're a baseball guy and you appreciate the game well the reality is most people don't most people think the game is too long, too, too slow, and too boring. Most people don't go to baseball games. The attendance is declining dramatically. So what we realized was the friction point was baseball was too long, it was too slow, it was too boring. So we made it all about entertainment, all about the experience. So I'll challenge you here. If you look at a sports bar, what are the bad things? I mean, what you know, if we were to brainstorm, what are some bad things about the sports bar industry? Um, personally, probably like food. Um, customer experience when it comes to like bar fights yeah I mean it could be so I mean again if you're going to do a sports bar what makes you different what makes you unique and what can you be the best at a sports bar to be the best at food that may be pretty difficult there's a, there's a lot of restaurants out there that are amazing at food but what about in the experience how could you provide a different experience so again these are the things that we think about it's the questions not necessarily the answers so if you're creating a sports bar, most people want to be like everyone else. Have hundreds of TVs, have tons of beers, have wings, have burgers, and they're all the same. But what makes it different? And that's when you start getting down into very specifics. What is the experience when you first walk in? What, what do you see? What happens? And I try to imagine the perfect experience. When you come to our baseball games, you're greeted by the players outside of the game. They're signing autographs. We have a pep band of 30 people actually playing music as they're walking in. Our, our staff's dressed up as bananas, ripping banana-shaped tickets. We have a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas. We think about all of these things to make it a different experience. So I would challenge you, if you want to open a sports bar, what would make this the most unique, different sports bar? How do you not compare yourself with the Buffalo Wild Wings out there and all those other that are chains? What makes you different? So you might not know that answer, but that's where you want to start. Okay. All right. Question three in the book you talked – well, this was probably one of my most memorable parts about the book. You talked about one of your, like, staff members, Kiki, who I guess oversees now your entire game day staff and how she was kind of, like, introverted and quiet at first and then, like, somewhere along the lines you, like, made her sell some beer at one of the games. you, like, go into detail about that. Kiki's amazing. So she was 22 years old, started with us as an intern. And as I shared in the book, uh, she was extremely shy. The first month, she you know barely talked to anyone, just kind of went about her business, smiled. But I knew there was something inside her, this unbelievable charisma, passion, fun, excitement. So I challenged her to sell beer. So that night, she uh, she's like, really, me, sell beer? And I was like, yeah. And so she went out, and halfway through the game, I saw the longest line ever at her beer stand. And she was saying, get tipsy with Kiki. And she was absolutely going nuts. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so from that night on, she started being all about her fun personality, singing, answering the phones, and now she oversees our entire staff. So again, what's in you? You know, if, if you're a certain personality, amplify that. She, it was in her. She was just nervous. You got to get uncomfortable. You know, you got to be comfortable getting uncomfortable to be really successful. And whether it's growing out hair, whether it's wearing a yellow tuxedo, whatever it is, get uncomfortable. Try new things, and that's how you can really stand out. Awesome. Um... <coughs> How would you, let's see, how would you go about hiring people for your staff? Like, what would you look for in someone if they walked in for an interview? 
What makes them different? What makes them unique? How do they fit our core beliefs? So the fans' first way is always be caring, different, enthusiastic, fun, growing, and hungry. goes by the ABCs. We have a video cover letter. We have a future resume. We have them write uh, an essay on how they fit the fans' first way. We want to know, do you fit in our culture? Are you going to be engaging? Are you out, you know, are you a... you know, the outgoing type of personality, fun. Are you open to be on camera? Those are the type of people we look for. Awesome, and that probably leads me to my next question. What you talked about a little bit was the future resume technique. Explain yeah. that a little bit. What's on your future resume? Um, sports analyst, MLB yeah. network. It's probably the goal. Okay, so you have sports analyst for MLB network. What are you doing? Um, on-screen analyst talking alongside two other color analysts who used to play in the game in the studio, pre-post game. How long do you want to do that? Is that like for the rest of your, like, is that the big, big goal? That's the big goal. That and then sports bar. Good. No owning a sports bar. Good. That's what we look for. We want to see our people grow. Are they growing? Are they hungry? Do they want something big? And then we help them get there. We go backwards. So... I would say if you want to be an MLB analyst, you got to start reaching out to people that have gone that step. How can you learn from them? Learn from them for free. You know, I'll go help out and just learn. That's the key. Awesome. <coughs> um, here's a question I feel like you'd get asked most about. Like, how on earth, or I guess now you're just with the uh, Savannah Bananas, but how on earth did you stay focused all the time when you were covering both Bananas, Grizzlies, uh, Family... How did you cope with all of that and still be as energetic as you've been? You hire people better and smarter than you. You surround yourself with amazing people. We have unbelievably talented people on our staff. And I make sure we'd say we're always on stage. But the reality is, you know, I may, I go to bed at like 10 o'clock on non-game days early. So when I get up at 5 a.m. and I start running and reading and writing, I make sure I come to the ballpark with unbelievable energy because that's who I need to be. But I'm not here all the time. So we have great people who can run the business, and when I'm here, I try to give my best. And so I think that's key for everyone. You don't need to be in the office all the time, but when you're there, be on top of your game. All right. Um, Another thing you went into detail in the book was, uh, this is a quote, busy is not a badge of honor. What what do you exactly mean by that? How many times you talk to people and they're like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Everyone's talking, they're talking about it like it's amazing. Well, if you're that busy, something's wrong in your life. You're missing something. The most successful people aren't busy. They have more time and more freedom than anyone else. So I feel like you need to look at your life. If you're so busy and you're running from thing to thing, you're probably not doing the right things. You're probably just stuck doing things you think you have to do, not the things that you can do to be more successful. You're not delegating enough. You're not designing the type of company, the type of life you want. You're doing too much. And that sounds crazy. Actually, you want to do less. You know, be more successful and be designing and having people around you that actually get the successful work done. All right. By the way, I'm battling bronchitis right now. That's, that's my <laughs> commitment to you. If you can tell I'm coughing a lot, that's a commitment to you. You're all oh, good, man. It's all good. Um, <coughs> you had, where you played at Warford College? Yep, Warford in Spartanburg, South Carolina. South Carolina. Um, you talked about having like a career-ending injury and about how it basically guided you to what you were doing today, how it like opened your eyes to see what you were actually meant to do. And I know yep. that's what you originally said, but what were your thoughts like initially, like when it first like happened? Was it a, did it all come out, out at once or was it like a injury that like kept ailing and ailing and ailing? 
I think the biggest lesson is that I realized that everything's a blip on the radar. Um, that was my lifelong goal, play baseball. Um, I was fortunate to get a full college scholarship. I was talking to professional teams. It was everything for me. That's why I went to school. And, uh, you know, my labrum tore, my rotator cuff, I tore everything in my shoulder. And that was it. I filmed myself on camera. Actually, uh, I was filming a documentary at the time. And I put myself on camera. And it was one of the most emotional times ever to realize my lifelong dream was done. But then when I look back, it happened for a reason. It gave me the opportunity to get in the front office and make a bigger impact. And as tough as that was, it was a blip on the radar. I don't think about it anymore. Yeah. I get asked about it, but I don't think about it. And I think so many people think about these challenges that they have, and they think their life is over, or it's the end. It's just a small thing, and move on. And I learned that from my father, who battled cancer. Cancer. He battled serious cancer. And every day, he just kept saying, I'm great, Jesse. I'm great. It's going to be over soon. And he had that positive mindset. Yeah. And I think everyone needs to think about that. It's, it's tough as something happens in your life. It's really something very small in the scheme of things. Yeah. And just move on from it. And that's what I learned. Definitely. Um, how did you get your like current, I know it's a collegiate league and you got to recruit guys every year, but how, how do you get players to buy into what you're doing with the Bananas? Because obviously it's completely unorthodox compared to what other teams are doing. You mean the fact that our players do choreographed dances every game, they deliver roses to little girls, they're in music videos, exactly. they come in on limos and squad trucks. Oh yeah, it's a little bit different. The <laughs> fact that they go on dates with fans in the middle of the game, yeah, it's a little weird. It all starts with the culture that you try to build. We do a ton of training, onboarding. We go up, we talk about the fans' first way, who we are. You know, that first day we share our stories. We share the story about Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seahawks who played for us in 09, and how we had we introduced the lineup and how he went down and uh, came from the stands and high-fived every single kid in the crowd, 3,000 people. That's the type of person he was. We talk about the memories we make and the difference that we make in people's lives and how that's a bigger impact than necessarily hitting a couple doubles and driving in a few runs. And they understand that by the first day, that they're a part of something bigger than themselves, and that's how we get them to buy in. Wow. <coughs> that's awesome. Um, I know you obviously said you just sold the Grizzlies, but one of the questions I had was, how did you manage going from Savannah to Gastonia when you were juggling both teams? I had an amazing wife. Uh, that's what it comes down to. We, we drove back and forth every single night. And once we had this little one, uh, Maverick, our new boy, uh, four months old uh, yesterday, uh, it was just impossible to be able to do that. It's one of the reasons why we sold the team and focus here more in Savannah. So, um, yeah, it was challenging. You know, we, we'd uh, be at the ballpark till 1 in the morning. The next day, leave at 8 a.m. to go five-hour drive, go to that ballpark. Then the next morning, turn around and do the same thing. It was extremely challenging. And I think... Uh, you know, sometimes less is more. And we learned that when you're balancing two, three teams, a family, it's tough. And a lot of people try to do that. And we realized we were going to make uh, one thing the best we can. And we're focusing on this one team and our family. Okay. Um, another thing you mentioned in the book was the playbook, which would be like your guys' like, guideline manual, so to speak. Can you like, further touch up on that? Because I know it's like you all worked on it, you said. Yeah. Well, who are you? What do you stand for? So if, if you're going to have a sports bar at some point in your life, you want to have kind of what do you guys believe in? I tell you, you don't open a sports bar just to make money. You open up any type of restaurant, you have a bigger purpose, a bigger difference that you want to make an impact. You probably want to bring people together, make it fun to talk about sports. We talk about that. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. And you share it with all your employees. You share it with your vendors, the people that sell food and drinks to you. You share it with the, the customers that come in. This fans first playbook, we share it with everybody. It's made up of our whole staff, our core beliefs, what we stand for. It's a letter from my wife and I. We talk about stories. You know, every company has great stories, the things that we've done for fans, the things that fans have done for us. 
And that really is, is what makes us who we are. And I think more companies need to talk about that more. And even if you become a big MLB analyst, it's gotta be those stories that makes the big impact. It's right. not just the guy getting three hits or a pitcher throwing no hitter and a great call. It's about what's the background of it? What's the story? Where did the player come from? What did this moment mean to him? You know, that's what really connects with people. And I think we always gotta uh, make sure that we focus on telling the stories. And that's what the Fans First Playbook does for us. Awesome. Um, I believe it's going to be one of my last questions. Uh, after having so much success in about a three-year span with the Bananas, you also talked about the fear of being complacent, being okay with just like selling out the stadium, selling out um, concessions. How do you plan on getting like even better with the Bananas? Well, you may not see it, and a lot of people that love baseball, there's a serious problem out there with baseball right now. Attendance is dropping dramatically. Young fans aren't in love with the game anymore. The average baseball fan's creeping into their 60s. It's not the most popular sport in the country anymore. And people are leaving it. And so, while well, our first problem here was how to make baseball more exciting, we've been able to overcome that and sell out every single game here in Savannah. But now we have a bigger problem we're going to tackle. And that is how to make the game of baseball more fun, more exciting, and more fast-paced. So I would say in the next 12 to 24 months, we're going to look to change the game of baseball, make a huge impact, and uh, see where it goes from there. So do you actually have plans in mind? Of course I do. The key is, you know, uh, I got asked this, I got asked on a podcast the other day, was, you know, if you could put something on your tombstone, what would it be? And I said, uh, what's next? because I think I'm always looking for what's that next challenge, that next adventure. You know, you gotta enjoy the journey more than the outcome. And we love the process. We love every day trying to get better, trying to do new things, and trying to grow. And so we're really looking at what's that next step for us, and um, we've hit a ceiling right here with Savannah. So we're ready for that next challenge. That's awesome, man. That's all the questions I have for you. Thanks for calling and thanks for responding. Hey, now, I, a great lesson I learned from it, and, I, and I'll tell you, keep asking questions, keep reaching out to people. When I was 23 years old, I reached out to Mark Cuban. I sent him an email. He wrote back within two hours. That's awesome. And I think, I think it's such a great lesson. People want to help other people. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel like they can make an impact. So I would challenge you, as a young person who's already hungry, continue to reach out to people, continue to ask questions, continue to learn, and that's going to push you to be unbelievably successful in anything you do. So thank you for reaching out. Awesome, man. Have a good one. Keep working hard. So that was Jesse Cole from the Savannah Bananas. I guess he sold the Gastonia Grizzlies just recently. So great talk. Went over the Find Your Yellow Tux novel. Also how he gets his players to buy into his current product. Completely unorthodox style. Um, And about how he builds future resumes. Talked a little bit about what my future goals are. Helped me out a bit there. It really shows how nice some people are when you get to know them and how they can help you. He just said that he sent an email to Mark Cuban when he was 22 years old, and he responded within two hours. So that's just some amazing stuff right there. If you want, you could go find uh, find your yellow tux on Amazon.com. Only $12 for the hard copy. Uh, and go attend some Savannah Banana Games out in Savannah, Georgia next summer. Huge, huge, huge organization has expanded tremendously in the last three years. And as Jesse said, a lot more still to come. A lot more still to come for the Yo Show podcast as well as next week I'll have 
Notre Dame outfielder Daniel Jung on the show to talk about his experience so far, his experience with the California Collegiate League over the summer where I was the team's play-by-play broadcaster. Got to call all 50 of Jung's games over the summer. He had four home runs over the summer. So we'll also talk about some Dodgers baseball and about how if they can sign Manny Machado in the offseason, given that Corey Seager is coming back. Uh, also confirmed just during this latest podcast, Zach Hample. He's the guy who catches all the baseballs for all of you that don't know. He will be on the podcast within the coming months, so I look forward to that interview. Former big league outfielder Jason Michaels will also join the show in the coming episodes, possibly next week or so. Jason, a former Philly Indian Pirate and Astro back in the early to late 2000s, will join me to talk some Major League Baseball and how the game has evolved since he retired seven years ago. Um, He'll also discuss his new uh, hitting company, The Big League Approach, where he coaches young athletes to help them mold into being great hitters. Um... So I look forward to that. Speaking of great hitters, Luke Voigt tearing it up for the Yankees with four home runs this week, two in Oakland. Unfortunately, nobody else tore it up for the Bombers because they've now lost seven of their last 11 games. Um, They haven't won a series since getting swept by the Orioles in Baltimore two weeks ago. A huge, insanely massive, important series coming up with the Red Sox next week at Yankee Stadium. I believe it's the 18th through the 20th of September. Uh, I don't think anybody is certain that they'll be the first wild card team now with that performance in Oakland. A's are right there. Uh, they may get to play the Yanks at Oakland in the wild card game. Not the season I envisioned at all for this club, although they've been playing with Shane Robinson instead of Aaron Judge, so that doesn't help. And Adini Echeverria instead of Didi Gregorius. I know he hit one out the other night and also made a gold glove play at second, but. Doesn't make him great. I still want Didi back in that lineup. So time will tell with the Yankees and what happens to them. NFL season opener tonight in Philly. Uh, Eagles take on the Falcons as the defending champions open up the season on Thursday night football. Nick Foles, Super Bowl 52 MVP, getting the start as Carson Wentz. Just not ready to go just yet after tearing that ACL last year. So that'll be fun to watch. Not only is the NFL season kicking off, but the fantasy football season kicking off as well. Remember to set your lineups and remember to buy all fantasy gear at FantasyJocks.com, the official sponsor of the O Show podcast with Jack and Declan O'Hara. Free and one-day shipping. Get all items including trophies, rings, draft boards, belts, and more. Be a champ today. And with that being said, take it away, Darius. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.